today I'm calling a ser- uh, the message is called "Don't Worry." Really, you might be saying, Pastor, don't worry. Really, do you know what's going on in the world? I mean, do you understand what we're facing here? Do you realize the things that are going on? Do you realize that we're in a difficult time and there's a lot of stuff going on and you're telling me not to worry, uh, to stress less? I mean, how in the world can you say that? Well, um, you know, worry is a, is kind of a, a funny thing. I mean, I've watched throughout my life, you know, as a young boy, I used to be a little adventurous and I'd want to go do stuff. And my mom used to worry about me. And I'd say, Mom, quit worrying. It's going to be fine. You know? And so uh, I think it's funny, you know, in life, there are people that kind of have a tendency to worry a little bit naturally, not just in the middle of a crazy time like we're in. I mean, we all worry uh, in this kind of time, but there are people that just have a tendency to worry. And then there's people that don't worry so much. And I've watched for myself um, uh, that people that worry when I'm not worrying, I can get a little frustrated with them. Uh, there was uh, an exasperated husband. He asked his wife, sweetie, why are you always worrying when it doesn't do any good? And she quickly piped back to him, oh, yes, it does work. 90% of the things I worry about never happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, worrier, worry that's keeping it from happening. But, um, and so, but seriously, seriously, uh, worry and stress does have many of us in our culture, I know in our church, in our community, in our, in our country, worry and stress has a lot of us in its grip right now because there is a lot of uncertainty. This Wuhan virus is making many of us terrified. Some of us are terrified at the thought that we may catch it somehow, and if we catch it, what's going to happen? Am I going to die from this? Is someone I love going to die? And so that's a real worry, right? That's a real concern. And, and so that worry has a lot of us uh, wrapped up in stress and concern. Some of us are worried and stressed because we're spending a lot of extra time with our families. Now, listen, we love our families. We love our kids and we love our spouses. But spending a lot of time can start to reveal in a stressful time. Spending a lot of time together can create more anxiety. It can cause and kind of reveal more worry. And so some of us are worried because we're spending uh, maybe too much time with the people we love. And some of us are worried and stressed out because we're spending time isolated from people and we don't get to interact with anybody. Maybe you live in your home alone and maybe you've got a dog, maybe you don't, a pet, but you're just there alone and it's getting stressful because of that. And I know, um, you know, I'm seeing that uh, and hearing about that. Some of us are worried because of the economy. We go, what's going to happen with this economy? We've shut this country down, and how are we going to pull out of this? Is it going to cause a depression? Is it going to cause us to, you know, uh, really fall on hard times? I mean, we know people that have small businesses that are working at what they do, and some of those are really hurting. Some people have lost their jobs and have lost income. And even though we've got a little stimulus money for most of us, you know, how long is that really going to last, and is it really going to get us through this, and what's going to happen in the end of it? And so we worry about that. I know that Headaches, heart palpitation, irregular heartbeat, um, hearing your pulse in your head, panic attacks, um, mind racing and spinning on things, not being able to sleep. These can all be signs of worry and anxiety, of pressure. And so right now, I know many people are looking to... uh, 
to things like alcohol and drugs. We know that alcohol sales have shot through the roof. We know that drugs are coming back in. We know some of the um, some of that's get meth was messed with in our community. I've heard uh, the fear that meth would return because meth can be made here. So instead of marijuana and things coming in from out of state, because that might be slowed down, what if that, what if meth is going to see a, recur, a resurgence in our community? And there's a fear of that because it causes so much damage. And so we know that people are looking to those things. And the truth is, I think we all know that the problem with that is when we look to these other things to help us with our nervousness and our anxiety and our worry is that they cause, they can cause a lot of damage to us. They can hurt us psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And so Dealing with this issue of worry becomes really, really important. I know that domestic violence and domestic issues are on the rise. And so there's a concern that we're seeing more of that in our communities and in our country. And so I wanted to, I want to encourage you this morning with this, that there is an answer to this problem, the problems we're facing now and much more. Really, there's an answer to any problem that we might face in this life. There's an answer to dealing with stress and pressure. And that comes from uh, giving and looking to God as a source of truth. You know, I see this time that we're in, I'm watching it, and it's, it's interesting how for some people this pressure is pushing them further away from God. They're looking to other things, they're finding themselves just moving away from God, and others it's pulling or pushing them closer to God. And, and my prayer is that through this series and, and, and with the encouragement we're going to give you over the next few weeks, that you will pull closer to God. You'll find yourself pressing into him as the source of hope and peace in a time of worry and struggle. And so as we get started into this, uh, just bow with me and let's say a prayer. God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for the truth that you've given us. Thank you for your presence in this world. You're not absent. You're not just a far off, but God, you're here with us. You walk among us. Your spirit is present here. And so, Father, I pray for each person listening to these messages over the next few weeks that you would speak to their hearts, that you would give us all that nugget of truth, that insight that we need to move away from worry and stress and the problems that come with that, Father, but look to you for peace. Help us to find our peace real peace in you. And so I pray, Father, you'd speak to us through these messages over the next few weeks. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the Bible, we find a solution to our problem. And guys, you know um, that our problem is sin. The Bible teaches us that we live under the curse of sin. Sin entered our world, and with sin comes, comes pain, comes suffering, comes these uh, anxiety issues and worry and the things that we face that cause us uh, emotional and psychological pain. Those things are a result of sin, the things that cause it, right? That's the source. That's the root. And the answer, therefore, is found in what God has done for us. He has provided a solution. He wants to bring us out of that uh, slave enslavement to sin and death and discouragement and worry. He wants to bring us into life and into hope and into peace. And this is what God has moved to do. And so as we look at this issue of stress and worry and anxiety, how do we deal with the troubles, the root causes of these things? We feel these emotions, we feel these pressures, and they cause all of these uh, physical issues. So how do we deal with it? Well, the, the place we've got to start, the place we've got to start, and this is clear in Scripture, is what needs to happen for each one of us to move away from these things is that you need a thought transformation. You need a thought transformation. The truth is that the Bible teaches us that what we think or the way we think, if we are thinking in patterns that have been affected by sin, then we're, it's going to lead us 
to the problems that we have, to the, the emotional problems, the anxiety, the worry, the stress. But if we go back in our minds and we fix what we believe and what we think, if we address that, then the result is going to be a diminishment of these emotional issues. And so we need a thought transformation. The Apostle Paul, in Romans chapter 12, addressed this issue. He teaches us that transformation starts with how we think. Here's Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. So he's saying, give your body to God. Uh, Worship God with your body. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Hear that, by changing the way you think. The transformation, your transformation into becoming a new person happens as God changes the way you think. He says this, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, when you allow God to change your mind, the way you think, what results is that you understand his will, you see life the way, he, uh, the way it really is in him, and you see the truth, and it changes your experience in life. Then you understand that God's will for you, which is the things that happen to you, are good, right? They're pleasing, they're perfect. And you see the good in it, and you see how God's at work in your situation no matter what you face. So this is powerful. The transformation process begins with changing the way we think. Got a question for this morning. What is your source of truth? Who do you listen to? Who do you trust to tell you the truth? We know currently that most people get their news off social media, right? They're looking at Facebook or whatever, and that's where they get their news. And I'm sure if you haven't been told this, let me tell you this morning that most of the news on social media is presented in such a way as to um, push you in a certain direction. And that's just the truth of it. Whatever it is, it has an agenda behind it, almost all of it. Pure reporting in the sense of, hey, here's what's going on in the world, is rare. It doesn't really happen much anymore. And this has been difficult because I've tried to teach my kids this. you got to be watching. you got to be wary. you got to know where the, what you're reading. Where's it coming from? What's the agenda behind it? What's their, what's their purpose behind it? And so you got to know in order to trust information, you have to realize what the source is. Where's it coming from? What a person believes about the world is passed on in what they report and teach. So that when you read data or studies, it's not possible to find purely objective or unbiased facts. We so badly want that. We want unbiased facts, right? We want studies and we want reports and we want things that will just give us the facts. So that there's no uh, agenda behind it. There's no human involvement. And yet the reality is that this is virtually impossible. Um, the truth is that, that, um, that when someone does a, a study or an observation, right, there's money behind it. There's, there's a purpose behind it. There's an agenda behind it. Virtually everything that we get in our world in terms of data collection is done with a, an objective. It's done by a person who has an agenda. And so we've got to know that. Um, we've got to understand it. I heard an old saying when I was a kid, and I know it was around a long time, that when you're living this life and you're listening to the voices out there, you've got to do this. You've got to consider the source. Consider the source. The Bible tells us that the world system has a certain agenda. It comes from a certain place. 
Okay, it also tells us that Satan, who's the prince of the power of the air, is speaking into the world. He speaks. uh, He has an agenda. He has things he's trying to tell us and get us to believe. And so there are these influences. We've got to be aware of it. And my question to you is, who do you listen to? Who do you trust to give you truth? What you believe about how the world works is going to influence what you say and what you observe and and what you come up with when it comes to uh, teaching people and instructing people. Right now in our world, we've trusted truth to experts, right? Experts. We've given them the power to tell us the truth. We look to them. We all want to know what is true. We want to know what's going on, okay? And so we've handed it over to experts. Now, this has happened over a, a period of time, over many, many years, and, uh, and it's not all bad. But in general, our country has turned from trusting in Christianity, uh, in the teachings of the Bible. That's all seen as mysticism, right? Mystical. And so we've traded that for what we believe and hope is objective truth found more in science and the scientific method. And so this is a truth about our, uh, about our country and about our world. And in general, that's happened around the globe. And so um, we're looking for truth and we've said, listen, religion, Christianity, that's subjective. That's mysticism. We're going to believe in objective truth. That's found in science. And yet the truth is, guys, the truth is that even the scientific community in the world has acknowledged that a person doing data collection, a person that is involved in the scientific method, which is observation, brings with them a perspective and an agenda and, and a belief system. They, there is no such thing as purely objective observation. It just doesn't happen. It can't happen. And so as we look for sources of authority, who are we going to listen to? We want to understand where they're coming from. Um, there's a movie called Contact that was made many years ago, and Jodie Foster stars in it, and she's a scientist who is listening to space. She listens to audio waves coming out of space, and all of a sudden, she picks up on a transmission that sounds intelligent, and this leads to the idea um, that there is there are um, some kind of uh, voice from outer space that is uh, that is broadcasting frequencies that the earth is picking up and they're trying to communicate. And so the world puts a council together and Jodie Foster as a scientist gets in there. Of course, she wants to make contact with this uh, source, whatever it is. And so she goes looking for this source. She meets with it and the world's trying to make a decision. And the movie brings up a really important critique as she is wanting to be the one chosen to go make contact because she discovers this, uh, this uh, voice. They ask her this simple question. How can you represent the world? Because you're an atheist. Um, They ask her, they say, 85% of the world believes in God and you don't. How do we know that you're going to represent us when you go speak to this voice? How do we know that maybe it's not God that's speaking to us? And so it's very interesting as they wrestle with this issue. But I want to bring this up because it is really important. The Bible tells us that what our starting point is determines what we come out with as we look at the data. As we look at the earth and the world, how we see it in many ways, is determined by what we start with. What's our presupposition that we start with? There are two kinds of truth or revelation that come from God that the Bible teaches us about. One of those is called general revelation. General revelation. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, the Apostle Paul writes this, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So Paul says, listen, the natural world 
is a way to reveal, it's the way God has revealed himself to us. And so science, the scientific method, is simply the observation of that natural world. But in order to see it accurately, in order to come to the right conclusions through that observation, you got to start with the presupposition that there is a God. It's the only way you're going to come to the right conclusion. There is also, so there's general revelation that God's given us. There's also special revelation. And that is, of course, the scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scriptures inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. So here's what uh, the, the scriptures teach us. What Paul says is that the scriptures are the revelation of God inspired or the word inspiration really means God breathed that God spoke and breathed his truth through the human writers as they wrote scripture and so it's a source of truth from God so we have general revelation we have special revelation both of those will show us the truth about who God is and we can understand them we can understand our bodies and, and, and we can understand how the world works. And there's so much that we've observed and learned and gained knowledge in and it helps our lives. You know, the pursuit of truth when it comes to the observation of the natural world is a great pursuit. It's actually one that Christians started. <laughs> the idea of science and looking at the natural world. Most of those early scientists believed in God. They were Christians. And so it's a good thing where we want to press in and discover truth. But I'm just saying to you, it matters where you start. What is your agenda? What is your starting point? If you want to get ready, uh, if you want to get rid of worry, anxiety, fear, mind spinning, these things that, uh, that str- uh, cause us to struggle, that are uh, painful for us right now, you must make a change in where you get truth, who you trust to help you understand your existence. That is the beginning point. I know we want to deal with the emotions. We want to deal with the, with the pain we're feeling. But I've often said this to people that, you know, we have a nervous system. You guys know that if you touch something hot, right, it burns your hand. If you touch a hot stove, it burns your hand and you pull away. It tells you to pull away. Well, we have a nervous system for our soul. And it's called our conscience, okay? And our conscience is meant to tell us when something is wrong, when we're doing something that's going to hurt us. The problem is some of our consciences have been seared. They don't work anymore. And so we end up doing stuff that, ultimately hurts us and it pops out in these behaviors like anxiety worry fear um overwhelming you know being controlled by these things what what those show us is man we've gone too far uh we should have pulled back from something because it was hot it was burning us we didn't feel it we just kept going to the point that it's really causing damage to us and so if we want to get rid of uh, rid of those behaviors medicating them is not going to do it what's going to do it is going back to the source it's changing the way we think through the presence of the holy spirit the truth found is found in God's word. Um, and, and so the tr- through the presence of the Holy Spirit, the truth of God's word, and good teaching, in other words, people around you that are going to help you understand, make sense of it all, put it into play in your life, you're going to begin to um, have the way you think changed. If you want to win the battle over worry and fear, it's gotta, it begins in that place. You've got to get God's truth in your mind, and you've got to begin to trust it and believe it. In order to win the battle over worry, anxiety, depression, you must realize also that the battle in your mind is spiritual. It's not just an intellectual battle. When we talk about changing the way we think, we've got to recognize that it isn't just an intellectual thing, it's a spiritual thing. How we think about the world, how we see truth, who we trust, who we listen to, how we interpret the events of our lives in the world, 
It really is a spiritual battle. What goes on in our mind isn't just a matter of having God's truth in us. It's also a battle to, uh, to with us, right? Internal battle in our minds and our hearts to trust that truth, to believe it. Because there are strongholds, guys, that we carry into our Christian faith. We become a Christian and we trust in Jesus and we begin to follow him. But there are strongholds in our minds, uh, thought patterns that go back before we found Jesus. And they're not all eliminated just because we trust in Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul teaches us about this spiritual battle. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, he says this. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Paul's saying this, there's spiritual warfare going on here. There's God's truth, but then there's a battle that he said, I engage in as an apostle to try to fight These strongholds, these belief systems, these reasonings, human reasoning and human understanding, I fight those as a spiritual battle to knock them down, to bring people into an understanding of who God is and what the truth is so that their lives can be changed and transformed. Without this spiritual battle, so changing my source of truth, who do I believe, Where, who do I trust, where am I getting the truth from? And then there's a battle to see that change in my heart and mind. And it's important we understand this. I'll almost guarantee that whoever you are, no matter how long you've been a Christian and following Jesus, you still have some element of human reasoning in your mind. This translates into actions that don't reflect obedience to God. So unless you've achieved perfect obedience, which none of us have, then there is some place in our mind, there's some uh, root of human reasoning, something that we believe that we got somewhere else besides from God. We've misinterpreted something, we've misunderstood something, but we're believing something that is from human reasoning, right? When Jesus told his apostles he was going to go to Jerusalem and go to the cross, the apostle Peter stood up and said, no, that can't ever happen. Jesus said this really harsh statement. He said, get behind me, Satan. You are, li- you are thinking about this from a human standpoint. You're not seeing it from God's perspective. And so I think we're all capable of that. All of us have those kind of things. As a pastor, I've heard for most of my life, people give me one reason or another as to why they don't believe something in the Bible, why they won't or can't obey it, why it just can't be the truth. In other words, they're believing their own human reasoning rather than trusting the word of God and the truth of God. I've heard things uh, in regard to things like living together before people get married. I talk to couples. I say, listen, you really shouldn't do that. God doesn't want you to do that. You know, separate, live separately. And they say, listen, we can't pastor. It costs too much or, you know, all the reasons, but they just can't do it. Um, I've heard people talk about it in the area of um, tithing. You know, if I were to give 10% pastor, uh, I'd be out of business. I wouldn't be here. Well, it may be true, it may not. but, uh, But the reasoning is coming from human understanding. Unforgiveness. I've heard people say, I can't forgive them. I just can't do it. Uh, it, it, just, it just doesn't feel right. I can't find it in myself to do it. Yet the scriptures command us to forgive, right? I've heard it in the area of alcohol abuse, porn, laziness, or failing to work to take care of yourself financially. Um, I've heard of it in the area of believing in creation, that God created the world. Uh, no, pastor, it had to evolve over millions of years. You know, there's no way it could happen the way the Bible says. Um, and so, uh, you know, those kind of arguments... Uh, I've heard it in arguments uh, related to salvation. You know, people have different beliefs and ideas. I just can't believe what the Bible says. It's too simple. It, it doesn't make sense to me. There's those kinds of things. 
church attendance, you know, going to church regularly, getting divorced. Man, I've heard people that, uh, that just, you know, give all kinds of reasons as to why they can do certain things the Bible says differently on, right? And so I'm just saying this. We all have that in our brains somewhere. There's this root of uh, a lack of belief, a lack of trusting in what God says. Most people say things like, well, the church teaches or pastors say, you know, and they use that as a way of kind of deflecting away from what is the teaching? Is it coming from God? You know, and so I always ask, what does God say? What does God's word say? Don't, don't worry about what human beings say. And certainly some churches have gotten off in their teaching and pastors have gotten off in their teaching. That's why we have the Bible. So you can go back to that. You can look at what God says. Here's what we need to do. We need to recognize that a source of truth, where we need to go to discover what God has to say. We've got to push through this battle, okay, uh, with stress and anxiety, with overcoming these thoughts that are human thoughts. We've got to overcome that and our mindset that says, I know what to do. I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to listen to my friends. I'm going to listen to worldly wisdom. To overcome that, right, to overcome that in part, I've got to change who the voices are around me. If I'm going to listen to God, if I'm going to win that battle uh, to overcome those strongholds in those areas where I believe things that aren't true, their worldly wisdom, their human reasoning, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to fight that battle, I've got to have this ability to change the people that are around me. If I don't do that, if I don't have people around me that are going to support and build up what God says, then I'm going to struggle to change my thinking. One day a farmer went out, uh, he grabbed a shotgun, he went out to shoot some pesky crows that had been around his place, and they were uh, eating the corn, and so he got a shotgun, he went out, and he started shooting at them, and, uh, and you know, after shooting a couple times, he went out to look uh, and pick up the dead birds, and he was discouraged to see that his pet parrot was among those birds, and it wasn't dead, but its wing had gotten broken, and it was, it was hurt and injured, and so he brought it back to the house, and his kids were like, what happened, dad, what happened, what, how did the, how did our parrot get, get shot, and he, he just said one phrase, he said, bad company, bad company, hanging out with those crows, got him in trouble, <clears throat> hey, listen, um, everyone struggles, we all have thought patterns, we all have behavior patterns, we all struggle to obey and believe what God's word says and what God says. And, uh, and the truth is we need some help in overcoming that. We need to be around people that will help us understand what God's word says and how we can believe it. I, I've, I've struggled with this, guys. I've had some aspect of life and reasoning that I heard in the world. I thought it was true. And I said, man, I can't really believe what God's word said. It can't be right. And so I've wrestled with it. And until I got with somebody, a good teacher, a good friend, who helped me understand and fought to overcome my misconception, was I able to overcome that mindset and change the way I saw it? That's just the nature of our lives and our minds and the way it works. We've got to have good friends. We've got to have good people that are helping us grow. Anyone that's grown spiritually, that is moving towards obedience, that's overcoming worry, stress, anxiety, that doesn't live a life of fear, I guarantee you they've got people around them that are helping them. They're speaking into their life. They're encouraging them. They're, they're uh, pushing them even to, towards believing in God. Fighting the spiritual battle for our minds really starts with accepting this truth, though. I think there's one truth where it all begins, and that is this. Believing God will take care of you is a source of peace. Believing God will take care of you. At the core of our being, deep, deep down in our hearts and minds, is found what we really believe. I may say I'm a Christian. Guys, I've, I've had this happen in my life. I, yes, I believe in God. I trust in God. 
And yet I found myself in a place where I had to acknowledge that way back in the back of my mind, in the deep in my heart, in the recesses of my being, in, at its core, okay, at my core, I wasn't trusting that God was going to take care of me. I didn't believe it was up to him. I believed it was up to me. And so I was taking matters into my own hands. I was saying, I've got to do this. I've got to make this happen. I've got to, I've got to protect myself from that, or I've got to fix this problem. And at, at the core, I believed that it really was up to me, that God wasn't really there overseeing my life and working to help me. Maybe you're there too. If you're having these kinds of issues, uh, a great deal of fear, overwhelming fear about this uh, Wuhan virus, I'm telling you, uh, that may be revealing to you that there's a problem deep inside of you as to what you really believe about God. Are you really trusting in him? And it can be hard to acknowledge this. It can be hard to realize that that might be what's going on. But I'm going to tell you from my own life and the lives of others, that can be and I think probably is the truth. It's an aspect of it. What do you really believe about God? You know, Jesus taught that we should put our trust not in this world and the things of this world, but put our trust in God and that we should live our lives based on that. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, is uh, there's a bunch of Jesus teaching on this, and I'm not going to read the whole passage. It's verses 19 through 34 if you want to go back and look at it later this week or today. But I want to give you some of it because it's really important. Jesus is talking about a perspective change. He says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them, rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. He said, don't, put, tr- don't build up treasures, store up treasures for yourself here on this earth because they're temporal. They will not last. It's fragile to put your uh, trust in the treasures in this world. Rather, he says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where those things don't happen. Moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves cannot steal it. It's ironclad protected by God. Where, and then he says this, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. He's saying this, where, where, is, uh, where are you putting your trust? What are you believing in? Where's your confidence in? Is it in the things of this earth? Do you believe that your, uh, your retirement account is really where your security is? Do you really believe that? Or do you believe that God, at the end of the day, is really the one who's going to take care of you? And if, you're, if you've been responsible and you've saved, which you should, and you're ready for retirement and something happens to the economy, do you believe that that's the end, that, that you're going to fall off and God isn't going to take care of you? Or do you, at the end of the day, realize that you doing the best you can do to prepare yourself for life, to protect yourself against this virus or anything else. Doing the best you can is good, and you should. But at the end of the day, who is your real trust in? Do you believe it's all up to you, or do you believe that God really is the source of strength and protection and provision? Jesus says you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. And, And the result is when we put our trust in things of this world, when they fail us, and they will, That's when we see anxiety, fear, stress, depression, all those things begin to pop up because it's a reflection of where our real trust is. And Jesus is saying, listen, in verse 25, he says, that's why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Don't worry about if you'll have enough food to eat or drink or enough clothes to wear. Life is about more than this. And then he points to nature. He says, God takes care of the birds. He takes care of the flowers. He's built this world to sustain life. And he says, listen, the the natural world's taking care of itself. God takes care of them. How much more is he going to take care of you? He cares about you so much more. Can I just speak into your heart for a minute? If you're worried, concerned, full of anxiety, can I just tell you that God loves you and cares about you? He knows what's going on in your life. 
He's not blind to it. He's not ignorant to it. He's not unaware. He sees the pressure you're under. He knows the, the needs that you have, the fear that you have. He's not ignorant to it. He is watching us. Guys, if you believe that the death toll in our country is so much lower just because we did the right things as a country, I'm telling you, you're not seeing it right. God is part of the reason that the death toll in this country is less than was projected. I firmly believe that because God is a part of our world. And we have been praying. (laughs) We've been asking God to spare life. That's what I've been praying from the beginning of this. And so don't believe for a minute that God is not a part of what happens here on this earth. He is intimately connected to it. And where we put our trust, where we put our belief is going to dictate how we see this life and how we process it. Jesus says, listen, God the Father is aware. He cares a lot about you. He's going to look out for you. My wife was talking to somebody this week who was struggling with some anxiety about an issue. And and they were saying, well, I'm just scared that God's not going to do what I want him to do. I've prayed for this certain outcome and I'm scared it's not going to happen. And my wife said, well, listen, can I ask you a question? What if it doesn't happen? What if the worst case scenario happens? Is God still good? Does God still love you? Who do you trust? Who are you believing in? A belief that God is the one caring for you, that he's overseeing your life, that even things that happen that are bad, that hurt, that are struggles, those are not meant for your destruction. The Bible tells us that they're meant for good and that God will bring good out of them. James Cash Penny, the guy who started J.C. Penny, um, he made some unwise commitments early on in his life and became very depressed. He was worried so much that um, he developed shingles. He went to see his doctor who admitted him to the hospital, but his condition became worse. Uh, One night, he was prescribed a sedative that quickly wore off, and he woke up believing that he would die that night. And so he wrote letters to his family, and then he fell asleep. He woke up the next morning and was surprised that he was still alive. He heard people singing a song in the chapel. This was the song, God Will Take Care of You. He went into the chapel and listened uh, to the singing and to the message with a heavy heart. But then something happened. He later said, I realized then and there that I alone was responsible for my troubles. I knew that God in his love was there to help me. He said that from that day forward, his life was free from worry. And it was all because he realized that God would take care of him. Listen, guys, God loves you. He is aware of what you're going through. He will keep his promises to you. So much of this life and getting through difficult times, whatever they may be, this, uh, this virus and this, uh, this situation we're in now, whether it's economic struggles, whether it's health issues, whether it's family problems, relationship issues, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. All those things can cause us to worry and stress and be filled with fear. And the reality is, guys, at the end of the day, can I just press into your heart and mind that God will take care of you. He will take care of you. I've lived a long time. Not as long as some of you, but I've lived a long time. And like the the psalm says, I have yet to see the righteous go hungry. I have seen God care for his people. And I just want to encourage you with that. How we think affects what we do. Next week, we're going to press into an action plan. What, how can we do the right things? How can we walk in obedience? How can we build a life of action that moves us in this direction? And then the last week and three weeks, we'll look at how feelings follow that and how we can deal with that. And so uh, let me pray for us as we close, uh, as I close this time together. And then we'll continue in worship.
God, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the way you provide for us. And Father, I just pray for each person listening to this message, whether they're here in the parking lot, whether they're at home or uh, in a tractor or somewhere else listening to the message. Father, I pray that you would speak into their heart, that you would your presence would be felt by them. It would know that you are there. And Father, I just pray for a breakthrough in our hearts and minds, a breakthrough in this area of trusting you, of knowing that you're there and that you are intimately involved in our lives, that you care about us and you are going to take care of us. And that at the end of the day, all the things that we're going to do to be responsible and to work and to provide and to protect ourselves, that really at the end of the day, our lives are in your hands. And God, help us to really rest in that and trust in that. And I pray that each person listening would be able to do that today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.